Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Knowledge with Homage I am your host, David Castle, coming at you live from Carson City, Nevada Straight out the 775, broadcasting worldwide Helping everybody stay alive, open your mind Helping you sift through all the bullshit Because there's a lot of it out there Especially when it comes to the news As we know, the coronavirus is in full effect Trump just banned all travel to and from Europe I believe that was the story Uh, The California governor just banned gatherings of over 250 people That's kind of a big deal too So... There's some crazy shit going on with this virus. Definitely some crazy stuff. And there is an article I wanted to read to you. It's kind of a long article, but it's really good. It's written by James Corbett over at thecorbettreport.com. Does a lot of good work. So I'm going to read this to you. It was written uh, on February 29th, 2020, but still very applicable today on March 12th, 2020. So once again, thanks everybody for tuning in. And let's just get right down into it. Talking about the coronavirus. So the the title of this article is called Coronavirus, The Cures Will Be Worse Than the Disease. Like I said, written by James Corbett. So it starts off, it's spreading, it's mutating, it's going viral. Am I talking about coronavirus? No, I'm talking about theories about coronavirus. It's a natural virus. No, it's a man-made bioweapon. It's less deadly than the regular flu. It's worse than the Spanish flu. It's flying bat AIDS. The numbers are being underreported. The numbers are being inflated. It was patented in 2015. No, it really wasn't. It was unleashed by accident. It was unleashed on purpose. It doesn't even exist. Yes, there are many theories about coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19, as there are people talking about it. The reality is that I don't know the truth about what this virus really is or where it came from, and neither do you. And that's true. There's just a lot of speculation. That's all you can do. Who knows what's really going on? It's it's impossible to know, honestly. So many lies. Uh, but there's something that we do know for sure, regardless of where this virus came from or whether it even really exists. The hype and fear and panic and pandemonium surrounding this supposed outbreak is going to be far worse than the disease could ever be. Because, as I've been screaming about for over a decade now, a bioweapon attack, real or man-made, false flag or otherwise, is the perfect cover for a slew of agenda items on the globalist checklist. And the more the population panics, the more they play into the globalist hands. Here are five items on the powers that shouldn't be's wish list that are being delivered on a silver platter as people scurry around panicking about coronavirus. Number one, unprecedented surveillance and control of population. As Corbett reporters will know by now, China is in many ways the model for the technocratic brave new world of the 21st century. Social credit scores and facial recognition CCTV networks and government-controlled internet are just the most obvious examples of how governments will seek to surveil and control their populations in the future. So it shouldn't be surprising that China, as the epicenter for this new coronavirus outbreak, is pioneering new and hitherto undreamt of ways to keep their population in line during the crisis. 
The first thing to note is the sheer scale of what the Chinese government is attempting here. The quarantine imposed in Wuhan last month, encompassing a city of 11 million people, was already the largest quarantine in human history. But when that quarantine expanded to include the entire province of Hubei, Hubei, rather, a population of 57 million, the scope of the lockdown became nearly unimaginable. How can such a quarantine possibly be maintained? Well, as we all have seen, it can be done by good old-fashioned brute force. When in doubt, just wield, just weld the sick person's door shut so they can't leave their room. <clears throat> But to really manage millions of people, you need technological help, and so the Chinese government has been deploying every tool in its arsenal to monitor and maintain restrictions on citizens and their movements. Flying drones to harass anyone walking around without a mask? Check. A nationwide video surveillance system called, you can't make this up, Skynet to help spot quarantine evaders? Check. A color-coded rating on a smartphone payment app to identify people as low-risk or high-risk for carrying the virus based on their payment and travel history? Check. If you can think of a creepy and invasive way of tracking and controlling the population, you can bet your bottom dollar that the Chinese government has already thought of it and is likely already using it. But here's the real question. When this is all over, do you think the government will simply shelve these technologies and systems? Or do you think that once this level of control becomes normalized, that the authoritarians in the Chinese Communist Party will continue using it? And here's the even realer question. Do you think there's a government anywhere around the world that wouldn't use this technology on its own population if given a convenient excuse like, say, a freakout over a novel coronavirus? The answers to these questions are obvious, but just look at the prisoner conditioning that has been taking place at the airports for the past two decades. Even people like myself who grew up pre-9-11 can scarcely believe there was a time where you could hop on a plane with little more than a step through a metal detector. What? You want to bring a water bottle, a water bottle through security? What are you, crazy? In just two decades, the entire experience of air travel has been utterly transformed, and no declaration of victory in the so-called war on terror will ever bring back the old security screening practices. For the average American, the TSA is just a fact of life now. And for those who live long enough in a quarantine crackdown, complete government surveillance of every citizen's movements, purchases, and interactions will just be a fact of life. So, uh, as a long-winded way of saying that, uh, it's just they're going to crack down on us more, uh, more surveillance, tracking everywhere everywhere we go, um, what we purchase, and, and they're using this as an excuse for that, basically. Number two, a blank check for Big Pharma and the Who. You know, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Actually, maybe I should. I'll continue reading. You guys just tell me to stop when you get bored. <laughs> Uh, when a detective is looking to solve a crime, it's important to ask Q Bono. Although it may be circumstantial, establishing who benefits from a crime at least points you to some, su to some suspects. In this case, though, the answer of who benefits has a simple answer. Who benefits? Of course, the World Health Organization, that is. As the United Nations body tasked with direct directing international health and leading the global response to health concerns, the WHO always grows in power in the wake of every crisis. And of course, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, they're all incredibly corrupt, part of this New World Order system. Uh, during the swine flu non-crisis and the Ebola non-crisis and the Zika non-crisis, the WHO was led by Director General Margaret Chan. It was under Chan's watch, remember, that the WHO declared the 2009 swine flu outbreak a global pandemic. 
a move they automatically triggered billions of dollars of vaccine purchases by various governments. This was a blatant cash grab, of course, and even the Council of Europe was compelled to note that the member of the WHO Council that made the pandemic declaration were also sitting on the boards of the vaccine manufacturers who stood to benefit from that decision. How convenient! Kind of reminds me of uh, good old Dick Cheney with Halliburton in the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq. They got all the contracts to rebuild those countries they destroyed. Uh, With the COVID-19 outbreak too, the WHO, the WHO, the WHO is playing a game with the pandemic declaration, only this time its motivation is precisely the opposite. In 2017, the World Bank issued a $425 billion bond in support of its pandemic emergency financing facility. Investors in that bond issue will lose everything if a global pandemic is declared before July. A key reason, some suggest, why the WHO is refusing to call coronavirus a pandemic, despite it's quite clearly meeting that criteria, according to the media at least. So who is heading the WHO this time around? Well, it's not Margaret Chan anymore. She stepped down in 2017 and was replaced by Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, an Ethiopian politician and academic who William Engdahl notes is the first WHO director general who isn't even a medical doctor. Instead, after earning his degree in biology at the University of Asmara in Eritrea and serving in a junior position at the Ministry of Health under the Marxist dictatorship of Mengitsu, he, quote, then went on to become Minister of Health from 2005 to 2012 under Prime Minister Melis Zenawi. There, he met former President Bill Clinton, great guy, and began a close collaboration with Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and its Clinton HIV-AIDS initiative. He also developed a close relationship with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. As health minister, Tedros would also chair the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria, and was co-founded by the Gates Foundation. The Global Fund has been riddled with fraud and corruption scandals. Oh, you mean the Gates Foundation and their Gavi Alliance for Vaccination that are the WHO's biggest donors? The Gates Foundation that helped host the Event 201 high-level pandemic exercise in New York last October that war-gamed out the entire coronavirus scenario that we're currently living through? Right. Basically saying, uh, Bill Gates is a corrupt motherfucker. You know, that's those are some bad people. Bad, bad people. And how are who going to save the day? With big pharma drugs, naturally, governments are already lining up to pledge tens of millions of dollars to fund the effort to develop a coronavirus vaccine. And that's just the funding to develop the vaccine. There are many more billions waiting for the big pharma manufacturers who can deliver the first vaccine to market. Yes, coronavirus is going to be a big payday for some rich and well-connected people in the international medical mafia. But don't worry, the politicians are going to get in on the fun too. Number three, an excuse to implement medical martial law. A decade ago, in the midst of swine flu hype, I released an episode of the Corbett Report podcast on medical martial law. In that episode, I laid out the various ways the governments around the world, including, of course, the U.S. government, have been quietly passing legislation that would enable them to implement martial law in the event of a global pandemic. This would also allow them to quarantine and incarcerate citizens suspected of infection and would allow the government to administer whatever medications, including vaccinations, it deemed necessary to stop the spread of infection. So they can lock you up, lock you down, uh, make it so you can't leave anywhere, and they could shoot you up with whatever whatever type of supposed vaccine or medication which they see fit, which keep in mind, folks, uh, the nanotechnology 
that now exists could easily be incorporated into you know something that is being passed off as a vaccine when really it's it's little robots that are inside of your body fucking totally keeping tabs of what you're doing and and all that shit there's some crazy shit that exists now that they could you know easily pass off as just some harmless vaccine uh, in the U.S. specifically, this legislation took the form of the Model State Emergency Health Power Act, a piece of legislation that was drafted by the CDC. Uh, the act grants government the power to quarantine, force vaccinate, and mobilize the military to help implement emergency procedures as deemed necessary to contain the outbreak. It is designed to be forwarded in each state legislature so that the states could harmonize their emergency pandemic plans, essentially creating a federal system enabling medical martial law. As the ACLU notes, the act lets a governor declare a state of emergency unilaterally and without judicial oversight, fails to provide modern due process procedures for quarantine and other emergency powers, it lacks adequate compensation for seizure of assets, and contains no checks on the power to order forced treatment and vaccination. So that's pretty fucking crazy, right? And these are all laws that have been passed recently, you know, oh so conveniently. Everything lines up uh, as far as timing goes. So that's just the way it goes. Just a coincidence, right? Regardless, at last count, the act has been the basis for 133 pieces of legislation in 33 different states. And sure enough, the citizens of the developed Western world, who thought that martial law was only for banana republics and exotic Eastern countries, are about to get a taste of this bitter medicine on the back of the coronavirus hype. And like I said, keep in mind, uh, uh, the California governor just shut down gatherings of 250 people or more. Everyone's shutting down their events. You know, a lot of musicians are like, we got to wait. You know, they're shutting down their shit, saying that they'll refund tickets or just put them towards a future event. Nobody wants to travel around. I mean, you can't blame them because who knows what the fuck's really going on. Some crazy shit. So, uh, anyways, I'm not going to keep reading this. It's just talking about all of these countries that have implemented similar legislation to uh, crack down on everybody and do the forced vaccinations and the martial law. Number four, an excuse to crack down on the internet. You know, they love doing that shit. They've been trying to get rid of my stuff off of YouTube for quite some time, preventing shares and, and just making it hard to find my stuff. Kind of sucks, but whatever. Number four, an excuse to crack down on the internet. In New World Next Year 2020, the annual year-end New World Next Week wrap-up episode, I predicted that 2020 was going to be the end of the internet as we know it. At the time, I formulated that prediction, the 2020 elections, he put S in quotations like selection circus, which is a fact. Presidents aren't elected, they're selected. Uh, the 2020 selection circus and the inevitable wave of censorship that it would bring about weighed heavily on my mind. As it is, it's quite possible that coronavirus will be the convenient excuse for governments to flex their internet censorship muscles. Zero Hedge has already had its Twitter account suspended for posting the details of a particular Chinese scientist working in the Wuhan biolab that some suspect was the origin of the outbreak. This was done in the name of Twitter's policy about abuse and harassment. But given that, the, you know, <coughs> and that's such bullshit. Uh, I was on Twitter yesterday. I don't know why. 
but it was some girl that was like, fuck these kids at Planned Parenthood. Like, that was her location. It's like, you can post shit like that and it'll get thousands of likes, like tens of thousands of likes by these stupid whores and just ignorant idiots. <laughs> but but you can't talk about real facts about what's going on in the world. You can You can be completely ignorant and just be talking about the dumbest shit ever and just be... You know, talking about murdering children, and that's totally fine. And you could, you know, talk about being a slut and whatever. Do whatever you want to do, but it's just funny what gets censored and what doesn't. It's so such blatant control, and ugh, it's ridiculous. Anyways, now excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. If I sound weird, that's why. So it says, uh, it was done in Twitter's policy about abuse and harassment, but given that the website did nothing more than post the already publicly available contact information for the scientists, it seems more likely that this is part of a campaign to control the narrative on coronavirus from the get-go. Blah, blah, blah. Given the current state of online censorship, can there be any doubt that governments around the world will jump at an excuse to scrub dissenting voices from the internet? As alternative information about the virus, its origins, and the vaccines that are intended to cure it flood the net, a propaganda campaign unlike any we have seen before will be ways to portray the purveyors of this information as a threat to public order. They will be purged from the internet accordingly, with no doubt the approval of a large proportion of the population. And with that precedent set, it will only be a matter of time before any information that challenges the ruling power is deemed a threat to public order and wiped from the internet. And that's a fact. We've seen this been... It, it's becoming more blatant now, I think, uh, in terms of banning people and, and things like that. It used to be they kind of do it low-key. But now they'll, they'll just be pretty straight up about it. Like, dude, you're you're out of here. You're done. So it's fucked up, man. And uh, <clears throat> the last and final, number five, precipitating economic crisis. And I think this is the biggest one that we're seeing the effects of as of now, at least in the United States. Um, and just kind of stuff that's hitting home as far as jobs and things. It's because it's really taking a toll on the economy. I mean, the, the fucking stock market keeps going down. People are afraid to buy anything. Everyone's going to the store stocking up on fucking toilet paper and, and water and whatnot. You can't blame them, man. Better safe than sorry, right? So number five, precipitating economic crisis. Given that I make my living online, the prospect of internet shutdowns and censorship crackdowns are worrying to me. But before you become too distraught over the plight of a poor podcaster, let's put this crisis into perspective. Assuming that the virus does go pandemic, it is quite likely that this will be the largest economic disruption of our lifetime. And that's a fact. I was I was going to mention this. I know this article is like way longer than <laughs> I thought it would be, but it's some good information. But I've never seen in my lifetime now, granted I'm only 26 years old, but I've never seen anything like this. You know, I guess the only thing that would even come close to comparing would be 9-11, which of course was was huge, but that was confined to the United States. This is a global, a global pandemic, at least that's what they're saying it is. And, you know, you can't travel anywhere. They're, they're banning travel to Europe. There's planes that are flying around completely empty just because they have these contracts that say they have to keep flying even though there's no passengers or something. It makes no sense, but that's how these contracts are written up apparently. Um, like I said, all these musicians and, and comedians and stuff are canceling their events. Jerry, Jenny, Jenny, Jerry Seinfeld just canceled his stand-up event. Um, Brian Regan did too. 
all sorts of uh, all sorts of people, man. They just they're worried about it, and, and it's fucking crazy, and it's taking its toll on the economy, which is fucked. And I've definitely seen it in the business that I'm in, which is in sales, particularly automobile sales. And uh, when people are scared and they think that the world's going to fucking end, they don't buy cars. So (laughs) go figure. Number five, precipitating economic crisis. I already read the first paragraph. This is the point where I would put forward some facts to back up such a bold statement. But given that we just saw the worst week in the market since the financial crisis, including the worst two-day point drop. Now, keep in mind, this is almost two weeks ago that this was written. Things are getting worse. (laughs) They're worse than what it says, or what he said back then. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. As mass quarantines expand, public events are canceled, businesses are shuttered, and economic activity generally grinds to a halt. It doesn't take a genius to deduce that we're in for a global economic crisis of nearly unthinkable proportions. But the real disruptions are going to start long before we get to that point, given that the mass quarantines have started in China, a.k.a. the most important link in the global just-in-time supply chain. We are going to see significant difficulties for many manufacturers producing basic consumer goods in the near future. Smartphones, cars, even in a perverse bit of irony, medical supplies. So much for the global economy that depends on Chinese manufacturing. Uh, So much... Oh, so much of the global economy that depends on Chinese manufacturing is already experiencing shutdowns and shortages, and this is only the razor-thin edge of what promises to be a gigantic wedge. Here's the worst part. These disruptions are already baked into the cake. Even if everyone on the planet was suddenly cured of their disease overnight and all quarantines were lifted, the effects of these last few weeks of lockdowns and closures will still continue to ripple their way through the global economy for months. But as the fear and hype spreads from continent to continent and the mass disruptions expand, these effects will get worse and worse. Ah, blah, blah, blah. I would expand on this point, but I have a feeling this is going to become a dominant and recurring topic of review in these editorials in the future. Let me just say this for now. Regardless of whether coronavirus is natural or man-made, or even whether it exists at all, the economic effects of this event are going to be very real and very profound. Given that I write for the International Forecaster and have been documenting the Ponzi scheme that is the modern global economy for over a decade now, I'm often asked when the scam will collapse and the long-predicted global financial crisis will hit. Well, it's very possible that this crisis has now officially hit, and the decades of pie-in-the-sky negative interest rate helicopter funny money insanity that is prepared, that is papered over our grim economic reality is about to come crashing down all at once. And he, he proceeds with a conclusion, which I'm sure is fantastic, but I'm sick of reading. <coughs> so, just kind of a... An overview. Uh, there's just so much conflicting information with regards to this this virus. Uh, like he was saying, as far as where it came from, you know, what the real is it man made? Is it natural? I certainly don't think it does. It even exist at all? You know, how do we know when there's so much conflicting information? We're all just speculating and wondering. Excuse me, and. Uh, it's really hard to tell, man. It's some it's some crazy shit for sure. And one thing that we can all agree upon is the effect that it's having on the economy and on business in general. So that's pretty scary. And if we are heading for a, another economic crisis, another 
sort of recession, depression type situation, then that's not going to be good for anyone. Because uh, that certainly won't be good for me in the business I'm in. Nobody is going to buy shit. Whatever, though. I'm young. I'm strong. Smart enough. I could do some other job. I wonder how the music business does in, in the recession. I don't know. You know what goes up during the recession? Uh, sex toys. So now might be a good time to invest in uh, dildos and shit. Because apparently people still buy those. I don't remember who told me that, but I'm going to pass that along as factual information. So what can you do to protect yourself from the coronavirus? I don't know, honestly. I don't even know what I'm doing. I haven't even gone to the store to buy anything. I, I stayed home sick from work today, man. I might very well have the fucking coronavirus. But you don't see me complaining. I'm taking it like a man. Anyways, I had to talk about that. Um, like I said, James Corbett does good work. You should definitely be uh, diversifying your information sources and and taking in the, the independent media and, and kind of seeing what they have to say. Because uh, the news is just, it's like fear-mongering. They're making everyone so scared, and they're just just peddling this this crazy shit. And really, the media is the major reason for the, the economic downturn. Uh, they're fucking everything up, and it's all part of the plan. Of course it's all part of the plan, regardless of whether this shit is real. You know, I don't know anyone who has a coronavirus, except maybe I have it. I don't know. I feel kind of shitty today. But um, just the the propaganda and the in the the narrative that's being pushed by the media is is having disastrous effects on the economy, and it's not good. These guys are dicks. So, and of course, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has the fucking coronavirus. Tom Hanks is a fucking douchebag, by the way. Very creepy dude. Good actor, but I think he's part of that New World Order fucking, you know, whatever thing. Same with Leonardo DiCaprio. They're all on board with the agenda. They're in it for life, man. You sell your soul to be a famous Hollywood star, and they're they're not going to let you out, man. It's not that easy. So, Who knows if he really has it or he's just saying it. I don't know. Apparently, there's some NBA star that has it now, too, and he fucking (laughs) was given some... (coughs) some press conference and they went around and like touched all the microphones and shit and then he like has the coronavirus now and then now they're the NBA suspending games indefinitely they're not even going to play anymore now that's fucking crazy i've never seen that happen they're just shutting it down there's no more nba which doesn't bother me any i think it's fucking that shit's lame anyways but that's just me Anyways, that's enough for coronavirus news. We all know what's happening. It's all you see in the fucking news. Obviously, something's happening. It's important regardless. Do what you can to to protect yourself. Wash your hands. Fuck, I don't know what else you can do. I do not know. Uh, Here's another article. I promise this one won't be as long. This one is uh, via activistpost.com. And it says, time to bring the troops home. More veterans committed suicide last decade than died in Vietnam. 
It is no secret that the leading cause of death among active duty troops deployed to the Middle East is not combat or accidents or IEDs, it is themselves. The Pentagon's own statistics show that this is a crisis, but it is being ignored. In 2019, according to the Department of Defense, 17 service members were killed during hostile situations in Afghanistan. The number of soldiers who killed themselves was nearly 19 times that amount. So that's pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> Let's just go over that again. In the whole year of 2019, there were 17 soldiers killed in Afghanistan. The number of soldiers who killed themselves was 19 times that amount. So, wow. That's that's crazy. And that's why I always tell everybody I know who's thinking about joining the military, don't fucking do it. I don't know what they do to these guys in there, but it's obviously not good. It's not good for your mental health. Uh, it's not worth it, you know, to you have to go kill some people in order to get a fucking education. How backwards is our fucking society when that's the case? I mean, this is pretty obvious stuff, folks. If you just think about it for two fucking seconds, it it would make sense. Uh, it would make sense that it doesn't make sense, rather. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the most recent numbers coming from 2018 show that a total of 321 active duty, active duty members took their lives during the year. Not only are active duty soldiers tragically ending their own lives at an increasing rate, but once they finish their service, these numbers skyrocket. While the suicide rate for active duty members is certainly shocking, veterans kill themselves at a rate nearly 200% more. The most recent data shows that a veteran kills himself or herself in the United States about every hour and 26 minutes. Wow, that's amazing. That's fucked up, man. And that is 6,100 veterans per year. So that's your government, folks. They really care about you. They love you. It's fucking ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous that people voluntarily sign up for this, this, this institution of death. When we look at these numbers over the past 10 years, the results are shocking. More veterans have killed themselves in the last decade than service members who died in Vietnam. If we look at attempted suicides, the number skyrockets once more to 19,000 attempts, of which 6,100 result in ending their own lives. One of these attempted suicides was Air Force veteran John Michael Watts, 58, who approached the Georgia Capitol in downtown Atlanta around 10.45 a.m. in 2018, and within minutes, he was engulfed in flames that burned 90% of his body. <clears throat> That's fucking crazy. Watts set himself on fire in an attempted suicide to raise awareness to the problems within the VA. Veterans attempting suicide at VA clinics has since been on the rise. VA is working to prevent suicide among all veterans, whether they are enrolled in VA healthcare or not, VA Secretary Robert Wilkie said in September. That's why the department has adopted a comprehensive public health approach to suicide prevention using bundled strategies that cut across various sectors, faith communities, employers, schools, and healthcare organizations, for example, to reach veterans where they live and thrive. This problem is extremely concerning, but the establishment's only answer as of yet is approving new and controversial antidepressants. So let's just put them on drugs. Uh, they're probably already on drugs anyways, honestly. Apparently, you know, when you go to war, you have PTSD, they're all fucked up in the head. You know, alcohol and drugs looks pretty appealing at that point because you're trying to escape from the reality of these atrocities that you witnessed and very likely took part in. So what can you do, man? Uh, all you can do is not sign up for the military. <laughs> just, just tell them to fuck off. The pioneers of warless worlds are youths refusing service. 
said Smedley Butler, one of the most decorated soldiers of all time. So it says... No one is looking at why veterans are killing themselves at a rate nearly double the national average. They're simply trying to put a band-aid on the problem, which will never work. War is a plight of mankind. It is perpetually waged by cowards, too afraid to send themselves or their own children in harm's way, but who do not hesitate to send the poor or, quote, in quotations, patriotic. That's true. When the state is done with its pawns of empire, it disposes of them like spent military gear. They then become unable to get the proper care they need for illness and injury related to their service. If they try to self-medicate or cope with the subsequent PTSD from being forced to brutally occupy a foreign country, these veterans have their children taken, face life in prison, or worse. The Department of Housing and Urban Development estimates that nearly 50,000 veterans are homeless on any given night. Another 140,000 are currently in jail, many of them for victimless crimes like drug possession for trying to treat their illness without pharmaceuticals. As if the numbers aren't bad enough, veterans are often the target of unjust attention from law enforcement. On multiple occasions, the Department of Homeland Security has referred to veterans as potential terrorists and noted that they pose a threat to national security. That's pretty fucking nuts, man. So, you know, something to think about. These poor guys, man. And if you're a parent out there and your kid is, you know, thinking about going to the military or something, like, dude, how could you let them do that? Like, do you not pay attention to reality? What do you think, what do you think is going to happen? And, like, they have the dumbest excuses. For example, the... The thing about, like, well, I want to go to school or something. So you're going to go fucking kill some people. You're going to go halfway across the world to some some country where you have no beef with the people. You don't even know these people. You're going to go fucking kill them. And then you're going to come home and you're going to go fucking study art history or something. It's like, dude, wake the fuck up, man. Crazy, man. The feel for these guys, too, though, because a lot of them um, that were committing suicide are Vietnam veterans, and they were drafted into that war. There's not much you can do at that point. So you got to feel for those dudes. This fucking sucks, man. And then, uh, yeah, that was a fucked up war for sure. They're all fucked up, though. Uh, I got another article here. (laughs) I'm just going to read articles the whole time. Because there's some crazy news going on. So this is crazy. This is about uh, soldiers in Israel shooting uh, people in Gaza, shooting the Palestinians. So... I don't know if you guys have studied the history of of Israel and the formation of Israel and their beef with the Palestinians and the Gaza Strip and all that. I'm not an expert on it by any means. I just know that Israel was created after World War II um, because apparently the world felt bad for the Jewish people because of the Holocaust. So they, they kicked the, all the Palestinians out of their own land and then gave it to the Jews. That's what happened. And then since then, the Palestinians have been pissed at the the Israelis, and the Israelis have been pissed at the Palestinians, and they're just beefing and fighting, and just crazy. Meanwhile, of course, we give, the the United States gives Israel billions and billions and billions of dollars a year to supposedly protect them. But let's see what these Israeli soldiers who are so courageous and so, you know, such good dudes, let's see what they have to say about it. 42 knees in one day. Israeli snipers open up about shooting Gaza protesters. Now, this is from a straight Israeli uh, like news site, too. Haaretz. 
Haritz, Haritz, Israel News. So this is fucking crazy. This guy's just talking about shooting kids and shit in the knee. Uh, now, in Israel, I met some people from Israel while I was traveling. Very nice people, cool people. Uh, everyone in Israel has to join the military. So, I, I at least for a little bit. I think there's a lot of countries like that. Actually, South Korea is like that as well. But even the men and the women, it doesn't matter. You have to join the military. And I'm sure there's a fair amount of indoctrination and shit that goes on in that. Some people choose to stay in it, and uh, they get to shoot people. So, once again, 42 knees in one day. Israeli snipers open up about shooting Gaza protesters. Over 200 Palestinians were killed and nearly 8,000 were injured during almost two years of weekly protests at the Israel-Gaza border. Israeli army snipers tell their story. Heroes! They're heroic! I know exactly how many knees I've hit, says Eden, who completed his service in the Israel Defense Forces as a sniper in its Golani Infantry Brigade six months ago. For much of that time, he was stationed along the border with the Gaza Strip. His assignment? To repel Palestinian demonstrators who approached the fence. Better stay away from that fence, motherfucker. I kept the casing of every round I fired. I have them in my room, so I don't, I don't have to make an estimate. I know. 52 definite hits. And he's very proud about it, and, you know, he's he's doing, he's protecting his country, you know. But there are also non-definite hits, right? So this is an actual interview, that they're, they're proud of this shit, you know? Because the, the Israelis don't, in general, I'm not speaking for all people of Israel, but uh, a lot of them, they don't see the Palestinians as real people, they don't, they fucking want to eliminate them. And in the West here, we're, we're kind of taught to feel very bad for Israel, and that, you know, that's why we need to give them all this money and protect them and stuff. But in reality, they're occupying land that isn't theirs. And there's a reason why these people are so pissed at them. And they're bombing these motherfuckers. They're killing these these poor people. And it's just, it's just crazy, man. And then this is how they talk about it, too. So it says, the interviewer says, but there are also non-definite hits, right? Uh, there were incidences when the bullet didn't stop and also hit the knee of someone behind the one I aimed at. Those are mistakes that happen. Is 52 a lot? I haven't really thought about it. It's not hundreds of liquidations like in the movie American Sniper. We're talking about knees. I'm not making light of it. I shot a human being, but still. Where do you stand in comparison to others who served in your battalion? From the point of view of hits, I have the most. In my battalion, they would say, Look! Here comes the killer. When I came back from the field, they would ask, well, how many today? You have to understand that before we showed up, knees were the hardest thing to rack up. There was a story about one sniper who had 11 knees all told, and people thought no one could outdo him. And then I brought in seven to eight knees in one day. Within a few hours, I almost broke his record. See, this? these people are fucking heroes. They're shooting motherfuckers in the knee, and they're proud of that. You know what I'm saying? People, little kids and shit, throwing rocks and sticks because they got fucking nothing. It's not like they got rifles and they can shoot back at these assholes. They're just there protesting and, and you know, saying fuck you to them, which is, you know, I'm sure that it would be maddening if you're an Israeli, but it gives you no right to shoot somebody, especially when they're they're not an obvious threat to you. They're just, they love this shit, man. They're fucking pieces of shit. Uh, 
And uh, what they do is they, they don't even kill them. That'd be too easy. They shoot them in the knee to incapacitate them, and then they become a burden on their families too because they have to. They have to. Their family has to take care of them and shit. They got to pay for the medical bills. Um, this person, you know, if if it's a young man of working military age, they're not able to work. They're not able to bring any money home. So it's just a huge burden on everyone involved, and it's actually worse than if you were to just kill the guy. And they know that. So, um, uh, seeing is believing. The mass demonstrations on Israel's border with the Strip began on land day in March 2018 and continued on a weekly basis until this past January. These ongoing confrontations in protest of Israel's siege of Gaza exacted the lives. Exacted. What? A, what? That's some good news speak right there. Exacted the lives. What the fuck does that even mean? It means they murdered them. But, you know, they got that PC language to kind of uh, tone it down a bit. So these ongoing confrontations in protest of Israel's siege of Gaza exacted the lives of 215 demonstrators while 7,996 were wounded by live ammunition, according to the UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs. Despite the large number of casualties, the grim protests and responses along the fence continued unabated for nearly two years until it was decided to reduce the frequency to once a month. Yet, even in real time, the violent Friday afternoon ritual provoked little public interest in Israel. Yeah, because they don't fucking care. Similarly, the international condemnations from allegations of the use of disproportionate force to accusations that Israel was perpetrating massacres faded like so much froth on the waves. Shedding light on this very recent slice of history entails talking to snipers. After all, they were the dominant and most significant force in suppressing the demonstrations at the fence. Their targets ranged from young Palestinians who were trying to infiltrate into Israel or who threw Molotov cocktails at soldiers to prominent unarmed protesters who were considered to be major insiders. Inciters, not insider. Both categories drew the same response, live ammunition fired at the legs. So you got little kids out there, like I said, they're throwing rocks or whatever. They shoot them in the fucking leg. Could you imagine? What a fucking world, guys. And these are the heroes that we need to donate so much money to and, and keep them well armed. Because they're the victims, right? Of the dozens of snipers that we approached, six, all of them discharged from the IDF, agreed to be interviewed and to describe what reality looks like through their gun sights. Five are from infantry brigades. brigades. Two, each from Golani and Jivadi. One from Kifur. Plus one from the Duv Divan Counterterrorism Unit. The names of all have been changed. Oh, why would you need to do that? They're such heroes. You should give them a medal. I'm sure they got medals. They are not out to break the silence or to atone for their deeds, only to relate what happened from their point of view. In Eden's case, even the fact that he also killed a protester by mistake doesn't rattle him. I believe I was on the right side and that I did the right thing, he insists. Because if not for us, the terrorists, of course they're terrorists, would try to cross the fence. It's obvious to you that there's a reason that you're there. So, of course, they're all terrorists. You you go in, you steal these people's fucking land, you keep, you know, uh, you blow them up fucking day after day, blow up hospitals, you're shooting little kids, and then they're the terrorists. This is the world we live in, folks. This is the logic. Or lack of logic, rather. Damn, this is another long-ass fucking article. Just talking about all the knees they shot. I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's kind of pissing me off. But, uh... You can read it if you want. I guess I'll put this in the show notes, the link to this article, <coughs> if you care. 
It's pretty fucking nuts, though, man. Just shooting these Palestinian guys in the fucking leg. Wow. And uh, if you think about it, they must really believe in their cause if if they're going back, you know, day after day to go protest against these motherfuckers and they're risking being shot in the leg or killed or whatever. And they're still doing it. So this is what's taking place in the world when uh, we're not talking about the coronavirus. You have these guys who, <laughs> there's a picture of them right here. They're, they're, they say that they're snipers. They're laying on a fucking mound of dirt. They're like 50 feet away from these fucking guys. They're all dressed in all military, you know, they got their bulletproof vest on, their helmets, their fucking infrared goggles, all from the U.S., by the way. We gave them money for all this shit. And uh, they're just shooting guys in the leg, having a good old fucking time, you know? Wow, and then this is crazy. There's a picture of a Palestinian amputees competing a local run racing in the Gaza Strip. All these dudes have been fucking shot in the leg, and they have little events, one-legged events. Yeah, man, the 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 situation in Israel is just absolutely insane. Uh, Israel and the Gaza Strip. Like I said, I mean, I met some people from Israel. They were nice people and stuff. Uh, but what they're doing to those Palestinians and the people in Gaza is just, it's horrific. It's its fucking 2020, you know? We're going to do this. This is, this is what we do. And they're supposed to be people of God. What the fuck, man? So... It's just a crazy fucking world we live in. It certainly is, folks. And, you know, a lot of the time people will just say, well, I'm just just doing my job. Just doing my job. The world will be destroyed by people just doing their job. Silence is betrayal, folks. Silence is betrayal. If you don't speak out against injustice, you are condoning it, and you are enabling it to happen. You got to resist that shit. You know, be a fucking man. Or for a woman, be a woman. Women are better at this. Girls are way more outspoken than guys are, in my opinion. I think women are some of the best people doing doing the best work right now in terms of activism and and bringing, bringing the truth to light and, and speaking out against injustice. Women do that better than anyone. Men are in it for the glory. They like shooting people in the knee. Pretty nuts. I could see if the guy owes you money or something, fucking shoot him in the knee. Where's my money, motherfucker? But if the guy's just shaking your fence, <laughs> you're going to shoot him in the knee, a little kid? Jesus. All right. I'm just, hopefully you guys like me reading because that's all I'm doing right now. Because just there's there's some crazy stuff going on in the world besides coronavirus. So I wanted to bring these articles to the forefront and to people's attention, uh, to whoever whoever listens to this out there. I appreciate you. Uh, now, I got another, another um, article which builds upon what I was talking about in the last podcast about uh, the situation with the migrants on uh, the Turkish-Greece border, which is a crazy situation in itself. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll read this to you. So it says, Video 
The Daily Life of Migrants Trapped at the Turkey-Greece Border. Sorry, there's a video too, but I'm not going to play it for you, obviously. It's like a TikTok video. That these, This is our news source now. It's videos from TikTok, and it's like a little snippet. See, I, I think the popularity of these video sharing apps and the, the very, very small glimpse that, that they give you, because they're only like 10-second videos, it's all part of the plan, too. It's it's just a section of a section of a section. So you never really get the full story. You only get a little glimpse because it's a 10-second video. How much can you really gain from a 10-second video? And I think that's why these these type of ads, these apps are becoming so popular. And what was the one before that? It was uh, Vine. And it's it's like to train our psyche to to like not think about shit. You only see a glimpse of it and then you move on to the next thing. You think about it for five seconds, then move on. And it's just you're being inundated with information. It's an onslaught, just one after the other. And then it causes you to, it's like a fucking blur. So that's that's what I think about TikTok. <laughs> and just social media in general, Instagram, all that shit. It's an uh, information overload. So, uh, like I said, daily life of migrants trapped at the Turkey-Greece border. Thousands of migrants, most of them from Syria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Iran, have rushed to the border separating Turkey and Greece after the Turkish government announced on February 28th that it would no longer stop migrants from crossing into Europe. Our team spoke to migrants trapped at the border. See, they're trapped there! They're trapped at the border! Who described difficult living conditions and violent Greek border guards. Well, yeah, dude, you're, you're trying to fucking, you're trying to invade a country. Like, you don't, you're not allowed there, dude. Go back to your own country. And that's kind of, fuck, that, I'm not, that might sound like racist or something, but it's not. It's just the way it works. Like, imagine if all these people were trying to come into your house. You're like, no, dude, you can't come here. I'm like, what the fuck? Chill, bro. But it says, so, because it, it would say it's like a refugee crisis, but now they have to call them migrants because they're not all from Syria. They're from all over. So Syria was the first one because they have to make it seem like they're all refugees, so they put Syria first. But they got Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Iran. Now, there is a war in Afghanistan. Obviously, it's been there for a long time. I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was in past years. They're mostly just growing heroin there and shit. Syria, yeah, that place is pretty fucked up. And it's a lot of it's due to Turkey and the U.S. And yeah, it's a fucking mess there. But you got Pakistan and Iran. There's no wars there. What are they doing? They're not fucking refugees. So they're just, they're trying to get into to Europe because Europe is just, it's a higher standard of living. It's better. And, uh... Now, these are not people, they're not doctors and lawyers, folks. These will be low-level low um, types of people who probably don't have much of an education. They're not going to bring much to the economy or anything. But, you know, they deserve to, to be taken care of by the taxpayers of Europe, apparently. That is their mentality. Anyways, it says... Uh, yeah, they, they're trapped at the border. I like how they say that. They're trapped there. Like, dude, they went there voluntarily. And then they're... Yeah, they're trapped at the border. You can't just... That's not how borders work. You can't just walk through because you're there. Like, you got to be let in. Usually it requires some sort of paperwork. And another thing, too, which I don't know if this article will go over it, but uh, Iran, I think, or was it Turkey? Fuck, I think it's Iran. 
they they set free like thousands of people who were in prison because of the coronavirus for some reason. So they just have all these prisoners, like, they're, they let them out. Temporarily, they said. But it's like, who the fuck's going to go back to prison after you get let out? Fuck that, dude. I'm trying to escape. Go to Europe. Go to Greece. Fucking, it's dope there. Some nice islands and shit. That's where they all are, by the way. It's like this very, very beautiful area of Greece that's a vacation destination. Or at least it used to be until it got overrun by these tens of thousands of, of people trying to trying to come in. And like I said before, got nothing against these folks. I totally understand trying to move somewhere to get a better uh, better shot at this thing called life, more opportunities and whatnot. But you could see how this could create strife. It could create problems. Then this is all by design, folks. That's what I'm getting at here is to destabilize Europe and to completely destroy Europe, do away with national borders, and create this global government. That's what it's all about. So back to the article. Some of the migrants trapped at the border crossing in Pazarcule have been posting on social media about their attempts to cross the river Merik, which separates Greece and Turkey. And I'm probably slaughtering all these names, but you get the idea. Their videos show young men and families with children living in rough conditions in nearly nearby fields. Several migrants who tried to cross the border at this location told our journalists that many people were sleeping under little more than plastic tarps and keeping warm by small campfires. So so we're getting the, the impression that this is what the media conveys is that these people were like, they have nowhere to go. They're just they're so down and out. They're just they're just people without a home or or anything like that. And so so they just they gotta sleep in a field. They're basically homeless people. But that's not the reality. They had homes. They had places. Most of the vast majority of these people had like okay lives. They had jobs and shit and they had homes. And I mean, it wasn't up to the standard of living as most of Europe is, but they were okay. You know, they weren't necessarily refugees. Their house didn't get blown up or anything. Um, Now they're, they have moved. They've made this fucking trek to the border of Turkey and Greece so they could get into Europe because Europe is nicer. That's that's the whole thing. They're not fucking, but they're the victims, you know. Like they ditched their shit. They had jobs and shit. They had homes, but um, they bounced because they wanted to live in Europe because Europe Europe was seems better to them. Uh, but, but, but. and then it's like a video of these TikTok videos of these people like fucking chilling at their campsites. We burn wood every night to keep warm. Sasan, not his real name, is a 30... Why'd they put it... What's his fucking real name? Why does it even matter? Sasan, not his real name, is a 32-year-old man from Iran. There's no war in Iran, folks. He's not a refugee. Who has been living in Turkey for the past four years. He was studying for a master's in the town of Kayseri, which is about 1,000 kilometers from Pazarkule, when he decided to try to make his journey to Europe. See, this guy, like, what the fuck? Dude was studying for a degree. And and they said, he just bounces. He's like, I don't want this degree anymore. So He wanted to remain anonymous for fear that speaking to the media could jeopardize his immigration status in Turkey. In quotation, this is Sasan, or whatever his name is. When the Turkish government announced that they would open the borders, I didn't hesitate. I was living in Kayseri with family and a few friends. A group of 17 of us chartered a Dolmus which is a minibus, for 250 Turkish pounds per person, which is the equivalent of 36 pounds, or euros, or whatever. 
We brought tents with us, and we gathered wood to make small fires every night. The Turkish government does distribute food, but it isn't enough. And you have to queue for hours to get anything. So we make trips to neighboring towns and villages to get supplies. So, dude, I mean, come on. This is crazy, dude. Like, this whole concept behind this. These are people with fucking jobs, and, like, they're going for careers. This dude was a student. Like, he's, he's an intelligent dude. And they just don't want to live in the Middle East anymore. They want to live in Europe because it's a higher standard of living. And I know I keep repeating this, but this is just so crazy, like the, the lack of logic behind this and how they're playing all these people out to be victims. Like this dude lived at a spot with like his family and friends, going to college, you know, had an all right life, and then he just decides to bounce. And then they sa- he says... You know, he's camping at the border because they're not, you're not just allowed to fucking go into a country. You know, you have to have paperwork and shit. You can't just immigrate to another country. It's just not the way it works. You know, whether or not that's, that's great or whether or not that's cool is, is, you know, a matter for debate if you want, but typically that's just not how the world works. That's never been how it works really. But, um, so they're camping at the border and they're just expecting the government to take care of them. It's like just they distribute food to them. And then after uh, a matter of time, they'll just be able to, to immigrate to Europe. Oh, I just don't understand this. It's just so, so weird. It's so fucking weird. Uh, the babies cry all the time. Originally from Afghanistan, Muhitin is 21 years old. He spent three days in Pazarkuli trying to cross the border before giving up and returning to Istanbul, where he works as a waiter at a shisha bar. So, dude, this guy has a job, man. He's not a fucking, he's not a refugee. He works, he's a waiter. But he's like, this shit sucks, so I'm bouncing. Fuck Istanbul. <coughs> I came to Turkey alone after I finished high school. My dream is to reach Europe, ideally France or Germany. When I got to Pazarkuli, I didn't have anything, not even a tent, so I slept on the ground. I protected myself as best I could with the plastic tarp, but I was so cold at night that I couldn't sleep. Add to that all the babies who wouldn't stop crying. It was exhausting. At that time, Turkish soldiers were handing out food twice a day, but it wasn't much. A pack of biscuits and a bottle of water per person, and there was never enough for everyone. Greek authorities announced on March 5th that they had prevented 35,000 people from entering the territory in just five days. Reports by major media outlets covering the border, as well as videos filmed by the migrants themselves, show Greek border guards using large amounts of tear gas to push back migrants trying to get through border fences. Greek police arrested and strip-searched an Afghan family! All of the migrants who spoke to our team said that they had experienced or witnessed violence carried out by Greek border guards. The violence is what made Muhitin decide to give up and return to Istanbul. Dude, you guys are trying to, like, fucking invade a country and you don't expect there to be violence by the government? I know I've said this before, but the government, that is their thing. They use violence. They have a monopoly on violence and they fuck motherfuckers up. They got guns and shit. That's what they do. So when you try to invade a country... And they got the government there, and they got soldiers and shit protecting their border from invasion. They're going to use violence against you, and yet, you know, like that's just common sense. I don't, I don't know why. I guess in this PC culture, this like fantasy world that most people live in, that doesn't exist. But in the real world, yeah, that's that's how shit works. So it's just like, come on, dude, it's crazy. 
I tried to cross the river by boat on two separate occasions, but when we got to the other side, we saw about 30 police officers waiting for us. Oh, big surprise. I was in a group with babies, so we decided to turn back. I was also thinking about the stories my friends had told me about being arrested after having made the crossing. I was especially thinking about one Afghan family that I know. They sold everything they owned in Istanbul. They were arrested and strip searched by Greek police. They told me that the police took 7,000 something, I don't know what currency this is, that they had in cash as well as the men's clothes and their cell phones. So these people got cell phones and shit, man. They're not that broke. They got fucking iPhones. <laughs> they're, they're posted on TikTok. The police eventually sent them back to Turkey, gave them back 300 of the 7,000 they stole from them and told them not to come back. They also returned to Istanbul, but they have nothing left and had to sleep in the street. Whose fault is that, guys? Honestly, you sell all your shit and your your hope is to illegally immigrate to another country where you haven't been invited, you have no papers, you haven't applied for any of the fucking visas or whatever you got to do. And you're surprised that you didn't make it there. And you're the victim for some reason. <sighs> I don't know. I know in this PC culture that like, you kind of sound like a dick if you say that kind of shit. But it's like, dude, use your head. I'm like, come on, man. What do you think is going to happen? They don't want you there, man. I know it sucks, but fucking it's just true. Oh, and this is another video where blah, blah, blah. Okay. Their stories were corroborated by several journalists who reported from Pazarkuli. Bilal Khalid, a journalist with Turkish television channel TRT, took photos of several migrants who had been sent back to Turkey wearing just their underwear. Some of them had marks across their backs where they had been hit. Ah, yeah, man, I mean, what do you expect to happen? Honestly, jeez. I know I keep saying that, but it's just the craziest shit to me. Ah. French news agency France Agency Press reported that muddy shoes and cell phones had accumulated next to the entrance of the police station in Taichero, which is located 10 kilometers from Ispala, 80 kilometers to the south of Pazarkule. On the other side of the border, there were migrants walking barefoot who said that Greek police had taken their shoes. That sucks. AFP journalists also witnessed Greek soldiers who were wearing masks take migrants away in military vehicles or in vans without license plates. Now, that's some concerning shit, actually, dude. Like, these people, you know, who do get across the border, and uh, I've, you know, I wouldn't put it past these governments to just fucking put them on a bus and, like, take them somewhere and kill them all or something, you know? Governments have done worse shit than that. That's, like, the government's M.O., no matter what government. I don't know, man. It's an ugly situation over there. That's what I'm trying to get at here. So, an image war between Athens and Ankara. Greece and Turkey have been carrying out a fierce image war about what is happening at the border, with both sides accusing the other of carrying out ambushes and sharing false information. Turkey has accused Greek border guards of killing migrants, including one who was shot during clashes at the border. Greece denies this and has called it fake news. On the other hand, Greek authorities have accused Turkish forces of setting off smoke bombs and tear gas on the Greek side of the border and giving the migrants wire cutters to cut the fences erected to keep them out. Several migrants told our team that they had been that they had seen people with gunshot wounds, though they weren't sure how they had sustained these injuries. They also showed us videos showing the injured people, though we were not able to establish the nature of the injuries. So now think about this, folks. Think about the last article I just read. Forty-two knees in one day. 
Israeli snipers open up about shooting Gaza protesters. So it's okay for these Israeli soldiers to shoot these motherfuckers in the knee. These people who are just just protesting, they're not even trying to like invade the country. That's okay to shoot these people. But then you have these uh, group of 35,000 people trying to invade this country and they, they're not allowed there. You know, they're, they're not, they haven't been invited. And when these people, you know, try to keep them out, you know, they're not allowed to keep them out. They're supposed to just let all these people in. Well, if that's the case, and if that's the world we live in now, why don't we let all of the Palestinians into Israel? You know, why can't we let all the people from the Gaza Strip just into Israel? Why are the Israeli soldiers allowed to shoot these people and, you know, be rewarded for it and shit, and everything's cool with that, and we give them billions of dollars, but the Greek uh, government can't protect their own border in the same fashion. You know, they're not allowed to do that. It's just, what's up with this double standard here? Isn't that amazing? It's just insane, dude. Fucking crazy, dude. So... And the article continues. But, like I said, dude, think about that. Honestly. It's it's very strange how the soldiers in Israel can can shoot these kids, shoot them in the knee, blow their fucking leg off, and that's totally fine. Why is it fine? Because they say that they're terrorists. And what 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 creates a terrorist? Or how do you define a terrorist? Well, they just they just uh well, I don't know, they're just terrorists. Fucking whatever. Anybody who disagrees with the government or the official narrative of uh, the ruling elite is now a terrorist. And you get to shoot them in the leg and blow that fucking shit off. Uh, particularly in the knee. Because if you shoot them in the knee, that you know the, the leg's not good anymore. Uh, and then you got all these migrants trying to get into Greece and... You know, they're supposed to just let them in. While the Israeli soldiers, they're allowed to shoot them and all this stuff. But the Greek soldiers aren't allowed to do anything. And I'm not saying that it's cool to shoot anyone or anything like that. It's just, it's interesting. And and that's what tells you that there's a greater agenda at work here. You know what I'm saying? When one country can do the total opposite of another country, but the media won't condemn them for that. And the reason behind that is because they're trying to destabilize Europe. They're trying to completely destroy it and destroy the national sovereignty of these countries. And it's to create this new system. And you have to do away with the old system in order to create the new system. So you got to destroy everything that once was to make room for uh, this this new type of system that they plan on implementing. And they're doing it step by step. And doing away with national borders and just national sovereignty is a huge part of that because that is the ultimate goal is to create the one world government. The you know that's the that's the globalists' vision. That's what they want to do. So crazy stuff going on here, folks. Um, a lot of reading in today's podcast, but these are some important articles, and it's something to. Uh, Something to keep in mind here, just because there's a lot more going on in the world than just this coronavirus thing. The coronavirus is a big deal. Obviously, it could possibly destroy the economy. It's certainly how it's looking. And uh, like, I, like I said in the James Corbett article, 
And this is more than likely all by design as well. All you can do is try to uh, stay smart, think about things, and, you know, hope everyone stays well out there. And uh, good luck to you. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Z Lance on the beat. Me, homage on the track. Yeah. Social contract. What? Yo, I think there's something wrong when you're spitting your song I don't hear any applause, only crickets and yawns Bet you can't get any bras, move your lips or she's gone Only skin you're hitting raw with your dick is your palm Set it off, weapons drawn, make it red as the dawn Writing letters to God behind the devil facade I'm embarking on a mission to get non-fiction to the pictures Newest victim dudes are with fluids dripping Dude is tripping, chipping with my two cents and making prices A government trained Al-Qaeda and armed ISIS Devising the plan, giant scam with a man Wins poor, killed a random, thrown aside and abandoned. Managing to stay sane, but everybody else crazy. Wide lines from the planes make the sky hazy. And it's amazing how nobody cares. They're distracted, apathetic, lonely, and scared. So, society, get, give me social anxiety. I ain't taking part in anything you're trying to be. Lying to me, denying me what's right for me. It frightens me, not where I like to be. So, society, get, give me social anxiety. I ain't taking part in anything you're trying to be. Lying to me, denying me what's right for me. It frightens me, not where I like to be. The rapping and see proceeds. With the passionate plea Exposing the flaw So we can make it as it should be Casually And send away cash that we need Throw the ash in the breed And the trash and then leave Breathe poisonous air Eat nutritionless food Sit in my room Prophesy visions of doom Citizens used to generate Labor and wealth Just to give it to the men Who've been degrading your health Afraid of yourself So you see praise for your acts Snakes in the grass Stick fat blades in your back Blatant attack Bystanders viewing your death No community left Span brood Whack. Who would have guessed that we digress and grow weak? Must have been them investing in my control sheet. So bleak, feeling most alone in the crowd. You change, but you're too afraid it won't be your last. So, society, get, give me social anxiety. I ain't taking part in anything you're trying to be. Lying to me, denying me what's right for me. It frightens me, not where I like to be. So, society, get, give me social anxiety. I ain't taking part in anything you're trying to be. Lying to me, denying me what's right for me. It frightens me, not where I like to be Where the characters who bad with the narrative of despair Scared, unprepared, who cares if it isn't fair Parents obey kids, fools ruling the wise Ruining lives, prize lending you a disguise System we live in, been rigged since the beginning And we're trapped in this shit, cause you get what you get Need to switch a position, but mostly trying to move So blind to the truth, rather die than improve Align with the group, that's the way you're silencing you Diamonds and jewels, reason why the violence ensues Denying the rules, cause I'm too unique and pristine Only speak what I mean, just believe what I've seen Reach for your dreams, don't let no one say that you can't Only way to expand is through taking command Swallow your pride, leaders live, followers die All in your mind, leaders live, followers die Suck society, get, give me social anxiety I ain't taking part in anything you're trying to be Lying to me, denying me what's right for me It frightens me, not where I like to be Society, get, give me social anxiety I ain't taking part in anything you're trying to be Lying to me, denying me what's right for me It frightens me, not where I like to be Peace